Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Father, once again we come before you and ask that you would be with us in the continuance of this worship. Bless our minds to be fruitful. Speak to our hearts and our souls. You know the need of each and every one of us. We don't want to just go through the form and we know that as we often sing that all is in vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. We look unto you from whence cometh our help and it is in Christ we pray. Amen. <clears throat> As we continue looking somewhat with regard to walking in the light and not walking in darkness, we left off this morning showing that those who walk in darkness do not truth. And we see that those who are walking in the light not only have fellowship with God, but they have fellowship with God's people. And we pointed that out uh, this morning as well. Notice what he says here in uh, that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. I didn't say that we were in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. I figured y'all knew it. People out there who may pick up this sermon might not have known that. And there is cleansing from sin in the blood of Christ as we're walking in the light. Now we need to <clears throat> kind of be as careful with this as much as we know how. Uh, and you'll see that as we go forward. I want to look at Leviticus chapter 16 <clears throat> with regard to this. Or I keep having something singly stuck in my throat. <clears throat> Leviticus, <clears throat> excuse me, Leviticus chapter sixteen and uh, verse thirty. If I can keep my pages, get them separated where I can read here. For on that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. Now I read that to set the stage that the only way that there is cleansing before God 
is through the blood sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's important to keep in mind with regard to 1 John 1.7. Some have the idea that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, then our walking would cause us to have cleansing of sin. That would be works salvation if that were the case. You say, well, that's what the verse says. And it does. And that's the reason we say we're having to try to be, really be mindful to bring this out. And since Christ is the light, and we are walking in fellowship with Him, then we're walking in the light. We have to keep that in mind. Look at the, at the Gospel of John, chapter 14, where we see some more intimation of this. John 14, <clears throat> picking up at verse 21. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved to my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not, keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which hath sent me. In other words, walking in the light is going to be likewise walking in the commandments of God. And you're going to be walking in fellowship with Christ, who is the light. However, we must be clear in distinguishing between judicial cleansing and practical cleansing in sanctification. You know what I mean by judicial cleansing. That's where we are clean, clean before the law of God. You know what judicial is? Judgment. Alright? The only cleansing that we have judicially is in the person and work of Christ. But there is a practical cleansing that is somewhat in our walk whereby we receive the blessings and benefits of that judicial cleansing. Now, on the surface of verse 7, it seems to be obvious that the cleansing 
us from our sins is not judicial but sanctification. That's what it seems to be. But obviously the only thing that cleanses sin is the person and work of Christ. You see, we have to take verses like this and statements like this and not separate them or interpret them separately from what the Bible teaches overall. In other words, you have clear teaching throughout the Scriptures about a particular doctrine. And if you run up on a passage of Scripture, well, let's, let me uh, uh, turn to Galatians chapter 4. No, chapter 5, excuse me, verse 4. Galatians chapter 5, verse 4. Christ is become of no effect unto you, whosoever are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Some people come upon that statement, fallen from grace, and they take it to mean that one can lose his salvation. But we know from studying the Scriptures from beginning to end that salvation is by grace and you can't lose your salvation. If you have eternal life, you can't lose it. If you lose it, it's not eternal. You see that? It can't be. So what is the falling from grace here? Now, I don't know if you remember when we talked through uh, the book of Galatians, we found that there were some principles throughout and that a word can be used to state a principle. Well, I'm just going to uh, quickly uh, give one example uh, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Now what's he talking about here? Is he talking about before a man is, uh, has faith? No, he's talking, he's using the word faith to talk about the whole economy of the New Testament. Before faith came, we were under the law. But before faith, but after faith had come, we're not under the law. So he's using the word faith there to describe the whole New Testament gospel. Galatians 5 4, you're fallen from grace. It's not that you have fallen from your salvation, 
But if, if those Galatians had gone back under the law, they had left the New Testament uh, worship and gone back to the Old Testament. They had fallen from grace. They had fallen from that uh, worship of grace, as it were. So that's what it's talking about there. So you, you don't take that year fallen from grace and build a doctrine on it. We're saved by grace, and we're saved eternally by grace, and there's no falling from grace. Of course, we don't have time to preach sermons on uh, the perseverance of the saints and the preservation of the saints and all of that. Uh, We already know that, but I just use that to show uh, the principle of the thing. Therefore, When it says in 1 John 1, seven that the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sins, it is not because we have walked in holiness. The blood of Christ cleanses from sin and, well, let me just say it this way, the person who is walking in the light, his is the one who has his sins forgiven by the blood of Christ. But I want us to look at a few passages of Scripture. Of course, for you Bible readers, you know that it's only a select few. We could give many, 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 many verses. But we want to show that and make it clear that the only thing that cleanses from sin is the person and work of Christ. First of all, Hebrews 9. Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 14. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood, He entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. He obtained eternal redemption. He didn't try to make redemption. He didn't make redemption possible. He didn't provide redemption. He obtained it. He obtained it. Verse 13, For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without spot, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Chapter 10 of Hebrews. Chapter 10 of Hebrews. Picking up at verse 12. But this man, 
after he had offered one sacrifice for sin, for excuse me, for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. From henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also, well, that's all I need, verse 12, 13, and 14. Notice what he says there. By one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Purification from sin comes through the person and work of Christ. Look at First Peter. First Peter. Chapter three, verse eighteen. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, that the just for the unjust, excuse me, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And one other, which is a very classic passage, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he that is God hath made Him, that is Christ, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Him. So whatever 1 John 1 verse 7 is saying, we know that the cleansing from sin is by the person and work of Christ. Man at his best state is altogether vanity. Psalm 39.5 tells us that. Likewise, man's righteousness are filthy rags. Righteousnesses. You say, well, that's incorrect grammar. Well, it may be uh, incorrect the way we normally think today, but that's the way it's spelled. All of our righteousnesses all of the good things we do are as filthy rags in the sight of God. Even redeemed man prior to death and the resurrection is a sinner and nothing, he, there's not anything he can do to cleanse a sin. There's nothing that we can do to undo a sin. If I tell a lie about you, I have lied, I can repent of that lie, you can forgive me of that lie, but I can't undo the lie. I still sinned. I sinned. But we're, we're, what we're talking about here is being cleansed from sin. Cleansed 
from sins. Therefore, in light of the verses that we have looked at, and we could look at a lot more, the cleansing from sin in 1 John 1.7 must be judicial cleansing. Must be judicial cleansing. And that's something that we need to keep in, uh, uh, keep clear before us when we come into passages like this. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of, him, of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. We say, well, I don't always walk in the light, so uh, it, it, when I'm not walking in the light, does the blood of Christ not cleanse me from all sin? Is the blood of Christ only cleansing me from all sin when I'm walking in the light? Well, that can't happen. That can't happen. We sin more than we don't sin. We'll get to that in verses 8 through 10 because it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. In other words, if we say, I don't have any sin right now, then the truth is not in us. So if I'm cleansed from all sin, if it's me cleansing from sin, then I must not have a sin if I'm going to be cleansed of sin. In other words, if it's left up for me to do something to be cleansed from sin, I can't because I'm a sinner. And I've got sin. So this has to be judicial cleansing, not... Uh, uh, What's the word that I used a few minutes ago? Uh, not practical cleansing. It's not me cleansing myself to the point that I have no sin. And I know there are some people that say that they, you know, they haven't sinned in twenty years and stuff like that. I met one man like that once. Uh, some of you, y'all, may have remembered him. Uh, up at Mount Zion. And anyway, he was one of uh, Brother Whitford's friends that would come, and he knew Greek. He could read the Greek. He said he hadn't sinned in 20 years. I said, you're a liar. Oh, what do you mean I'm a liar? He got all upset. I said, see there? You've already got mad and angry about all of Oh, well, that's just righteous indignation. Well, the point is, I believe God. I said, the Bible says, if we say we have no sin, we're a liar. So I'm going to believe God, whatever man says. I know I don't need... the approval of these men. But I want to read some statements. And most of these quotes come from Pink's commentary on 1 John. By the way, 
Pink never finished his commentary on First John. Uh, he was he got through chapter two, and he died. So when I say Pink's commentary on First John, obviously it's only talking about the first two chapters. But anyway, he said. <clears throat> Christ's blood has eternal efficacy. In quoting from Sharnock, Stephen Sharnock, the blood of Christ cleanses, not has cleansed or shall cleanse. I like that. The blood of Christ cleanses. Not that it had done, has done it, though it has. Not that it shall do it, though it shall. But it cleanses. The blood of Christ is effectual even now. But continue on. This denotes a continued act. There is a perpetual pleading of it for us. A continual flowing of it to us. It is a fountain open for sin. Zechariah 13.1 There is a perpetual stream of virtue from his, this blood, as there is of corruption from our nature. It was shed but once, but it is applied often. And the virtue of it as, is as durable as the person whose blood it is. <coughs> Our judicial cleansing is continual. Here, Pink quoted Spurgeon saying, only those who have been bought by divine grace from a state of, excuse me, only those who have been brought by divine grace from a state of nature into a state of grace and walk in the light may claim the possession of perfect cleansing through the blood of Christ. You see, it's not our walking that cleanses us, but it is our walking that shows that we are being cleansed by the blood of Christ. Quoting Spurgeon again, nothing is said about Christian experience as a means of cleansing. What says one? Do not the first sentences of the verse imply that? Assuredly not. If I walk in the light as God is in the light, what then? Does my walking in the light take away my sins? Not at all. I am as much a sinner in the light as in the darkness. If it were possible for me to be in the light without first being washed in the blood. Well... But we have fellowship with God, and does not that take away sin? Beloved, do not misunderstand me. No man can have fellowship with God unless sin be taken away. But his fellowship with God does not take away his sin, not at all. The whole process of the removal of sin is here. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. I beg to repeat, neither our walking in the light nor having fellowship with God cleanses us from, all, from sin. 
These go with the cleansing, but they have no connection as cause and result. And then his other quote, this is Pink himself. Fourth, the closing words of our text are designed for the comfort of the Christian. The more he walks in the light, the more are the hidden things of darkness, the corruption of his heart. In other words, the hidden things of darkness is the corruption of his heart. So I'll begin that sentence again. The more he walks in the light, the more are the hidden things of darkness, the corruption of his heart, revealed and exposed. The greater the sinner he becomes to perceive him, perceive himself, the more highly he prizes the atoning and cleansing blood of Christ. Is that not true? And the more completely does he rest his soul on its sufficiency and pleads its virtues before God. Likewise, the closer he be admitted into fellowship with God, the more conscious does he become of those things in his heart and life which are out of harmony therewith. And beg him for Christ's sake to enable him to mortify and to put them away. And then painfully aware that sinful conduct has broken his fellowship, he mourns. Uh, excuse me. And when painfully aware, aware that sinful conduct has broken his fellowship, he mourns over the same, acknowledges it to God, and betakes himself again to that fountain which has been opened for sin and for impurity, that the hindering cause may be removed and communion restored. The Father of Christian proceeds on the path of holiness. The viler he becomes in his own eyes and the deeper his appreciation of Christ's sacrifice. Do you not experience that? The more that you know of Christ, the more you walk in His light, the more you see just how bad you are and how corrupt you are and how the only hope that you have is in Christ, is in Christ. It is obvious that when we are walking as Christ walked, we are not sinning. Therefore, it might be said there is a cleansing from sin in this way. In other words, if I'm doing what I ought to be doing and I'm not sinning, then there could be a cleansing in that. But I don't think that's what uh, verse 7 is talking about. But it is talking about that as we are walking in the light, we are continually being cleansed through the judiciary work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for that cleansing efficacy to be applied to our souls, it is only as we are walking in the light. Because if we're not walking in the light, then we do not have that. He who is walking in darkness has no cleansing for sin. 
Let's look at some other passages along that line. John chapter 8. The Gospel of John. Chapter 8. Verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He that's walking in darkness shall have the light of life. And even in John, connect this with chapter 10 of John, verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. In other words, God's sheep walk in the light. As it said there in John 8, they follow Him. Here in John 10, it says it's His sheep that follow Him. God's children follow and walk in the light of the Lord. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. For ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. God's children are not in darkness, and they don't walk in darkness. God's children do not walk in darkness. Colossians 1, verse 13. Talking about God who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. God's children are in the light. They walk in the light. They do not walk in darkness. We've been delivered out of darkness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians 5, verses 4 and 5. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all children of the light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. When John said, that we're to walk in the light. Who's He talking about? Children of God. And as we walk in the light, we're being cleansed. The cleansing efficacy of the blood of Christ is upon us. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of Him who hath called you where? Out of darkness into His marvelous light. In regeneration we are called out of darkness into the marvelous light of God. And then back in First John, 
1 John chapter 2 and verse 9. He that saith he is in the he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness until now. Verse 11. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. Chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Then dropping down to verse 13. Marvel not, brethren, if the world hate you, ye know that ye have passed from death unto life because ye love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. So when it talks about walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with all of God's children. And the blood of Christ is continually cleansing us from sin. In other words, we are justified in the righteousness of God. I'm going to cut this short this afternoon because uh, we want to take up verses 8, 9, and 10 as one section and if I get started in it, we'll kind of drop off in the middle and uh, we'll just stop right here. As the teacher used to say sometimes, we'll let you out early. <laughs> Don't go running out the door saying school's out, school's out. <laughs> oh, seriously, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the cleansing efficacy of the Lord Jesus Christ and the knowledge of that applied to our souls and consciences as we are walking in the light. As old Manton said of Isaiah 53, we might even say of this that it's better experienced than explained. And only you can apply it to the hearts and to the souls of those who hear. And I pray, my God, that you would do so to the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in His name we pray. Amen.